welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Confused, silent Ron is back. I don't know where he's going with that, but hello. I thought he was going to say, I don't know where I am. (laughs) (laughs) Brother Bob's back. Hello. The Professor Carl is back. Super salty and ready to rock. (laughs) (laughs) Our Bible verse tonight is John 9, 1. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. Tonight's topic is leaps of faith. Missed opportunities or... Have we taken those leaps of faith? Have we kicked ourselves for not taking those leaps of faith? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Roll to go home music, then. Yeah, we're all That's done. That's right. We're done. Good enough. Uh, you know, I can't say as I've taken a leap of faith for a while now. Honestly, honestly, I can't remember the last time I took a leap of faith, for real. I mean, you know, I just kind of... Uh, that's kind of been going with the flow, I guess you call it. Is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing, no, because I mean it, it's because I'm trying to follow what God wants me to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, um, per se, like when I opened my shop back up, that was a big leap of faith because I had absolutely nothing to go on. I had to go to the bank, borrow some money to absolutely just open the shop back up. But I took that leap of faith and God blessed it, you know. Um, of course he already knew, I mean, you know, he already, he already factored in all the stuff, but, uh, I don't know. I can't, uh, I can't say as I've taken any leaps of faith. Well, I guess I can more, more I sit here and think about it because when I doesn't, when I, when we done the gathering bike church, I mean, that was a leap of faith that, uh, God was going to bring people to it and allow me to be able to reach the people. And, and he did, he allowed me to reach a lot of people. You know, he allowed me to to lead a bunch of them to him, you know. So I guess that was a leap of faith. Um, was that something that you struggled with? Oh, absolutely. Like the before decision? Oh, mm, yes. Because, I mean, before I, I, I fought him probably, I probably three three months, four months before I just absolutely said yes to doing it, you know. And... I knew I was supposed to do it, but yet I didn't know I was supposed to. And, and it was, I didn't know I was supposed to do the bike church. I knew I was supposed to do preaching somewhere. And, <clears throat> of course, at that time, we was uh, we was kind of bouncing between a couple of different churches, kind of helping them out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which, I mean, that's pretty much what, what Rose and I have done our whole Christian career, I guess you would call it. Right. Because we've, you know, we've we've helped we helped a church out on Double D rebuild that church and get it and and get it done. Uh, the little Rennick church that was up and going for a while, we we helped we helped design that building. We helped build it, uh, and then you know, then there was like Flight Baptist Mission that we done out to Mobile Mobile Home Park. I mean, we done that till God says it was said it was done. You know. So, I mean, all that was leaps of faith that, you know, we, we just trusted that God was going to take care 
of what we needed. And I guess he's kind of giving us another leap of faith that per se right now with things going on with broken record ministries right now, you know, we just got to trust in him. And I think we wasn't putting our trust in him there for a while. I mean, we was, I think we was trying to, uh, head this on our own and control freaks. Yes. And it wasn't working. And God, God just absolutely like, Hey, you know what? Now, you guys need to trust me. You guys need to take that leap of faith and allow me to show you who I am and what I can do. Yeah. And he has most certainly done that. As a matter of fact, listen to the digging deeper coming up because we're actually going to talk about that in that, in that episode. But, you know, um, but anyway, I was running, I was running hard and I was saying no, 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 no. But guy was saying, Yes, 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 yes. You know, at every turn, he was there. I'd go right or go left. He was there. I'd turn around. He was there. So you went that extra 1,500 miles. I did. To say I, no. I did. I did. I, most, I, I was definitely a Jonah. Yeah. You know, but anyway, um, and that was actually before we helped Rennick start their building. So uh, there, was a, there was a fellow down there by the name of Rick, that uh, he was actually the director of missions for the association. And uh, and I knew, you know, we was doing that. We was actually doing a home-based Bible study at that time. And I knew then I was pouring out, but I wasn't getting enough in. Mm-hmm. And I told Rose, I'm like, we need to find somewhere to go. God laid it on my heart that, hey, you need to find somewhere to go. You need to get filled and because you can't intake enough on your own to be able to fill yourself back up because I was getting pretty depleted. So I told her, I'm like, well, we need to go. We need to find a church just to go to so I can get filled up. But I want to find one that is small, is personal, and I want to find one that absolutely has the love for God. And the Rennick Church at that time did. There was a group of beautiful souls down there. I mean, beautiful souls. They would do anything and everything for anybody. But anyway, I walked in that church one evening, and that the director of mission was there. And I walked up to him, and before I could say a word, he looked at me. He goes, you're going to be preaching somewhere, aren't you? Before I even got to ask him anything about it, he looked at me and said that. He's like, God's wanting you to preach. I'm like, yes, he is. And that was absolutely the time that I give in to what God wanted me to do. And then he told me he had the idea of doing the bike ministry. And at that time, I was big into motorcycles. I'm like, you betcha. I think that's where God wants me to go. So we opened we opened the bike church up, and we done it at my shop at the first bay. We cleaned the first bay out. And we would rope it off and we would set chairs out and we'd have the screen with the projector for the music and stuff like that. And yeah, the first couple of weeks was yeah, kind of slow, you know, but it was something new. And then after that, I mean, you know, we'd have 10, 15 bikes come in and then, you know, we'd have other people come in. It wasn't even bike riders, you know. They just love the idea that we're having a church in a shop. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, that went on for a while. And we, there was times that we had to rope off, we had to rope off vehicles because I had them tore down. And to keep the kids away, we had to, we had to absolutely rope the vehicles off so the kids couldn't get over to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, in my, in my little office areas, that's where my wife done the kid, the kid ministry at. Rose done the kid ministry there. And man, we probably had, I bet we had probably 10 or 12 kids that come all the time with their parents. That's you know? awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. God was really blessing it until, until we stopped standing out on that faith. And we moved, we moved from my shop to a building. And when we moved it to that building, it was like shut the water faucet off. It just killed it. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still had regulars that come, but then they started moving away and we couldn't get nobody else to come in. And, and it just, it, and it was done. But that was about the time. That was about the time that Redeemer come about. So I was praying about it. You know, and, and I was getting discouraged, and that's like I told you guys last night, which you wasn't there, and you wasn't there. But uh, we so he was, told me. He told me I told, last I told Carl and the other people that was there. Okay. Anyway, you know, I was getting discouraged there at the end because you know, it it was starting to fade. Well, that that's enough to discourage a man. Was it me that mm-hmm. was doing it? Right. Which, in a, in a way, it was because we were the ones that moved it out of my shop. You know, we made the decision to move it out of my shop. I guess per se, we got we got comfortable with it, you know, and we thought, oh, this setting up and tearing down every week, that, that's that's too rough. That's too hard. It only took an hour to set up. I mean, for real. What's an hour? Nothing. You know, I mean, it, we, of course, at that time, I was working Saturday mornings. So we would clean all Saturday morning while we was working and doing other things, you know, and then try to have it ready by Saturday at noon. When we left, it was set up and ready to go. And but anyway, um, but like I said, when we when we moved it to that building, we per se jumped off of the jumped off the faith wagon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just kind of died out. But I was getting I was getting discouraged depleted whatever you want to call it and this is how this is how god works so phenomenally because there was a gentleman that come in my shop i had no idea who he was never seen him before in my life ever first time he was ever there i inspected his car he walked to his to the door of his car started to get in he gets back out and he goes oh hey i need to tell you that god says Stay encouraged. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, man, God's really talking to me this way? You know, all because we stood out on that leap of faith and we believed in it and we stood on it. But yet, you know, even even though, even though we put a damper in what God's plan was, he still loved me enough to tell me to stay encouraged. Because he knew, he knew what was coming up next. He already, he already had it written where I was going and how it was going to go. And he's got it written to where we go now and how it works out. And to be honest with you, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'm really excited and eager to, to be a part of that. You know, I, I don't have to stand up there and preach it. 
because that's you guys now. <laughs> but a couple um, of things that your examples were big, though, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say saying yes to come to the first episode was a leap of faith for you? Oh, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm like, when you first when you first hit me with, I'm like, ain't no way. I what do I got to say on that? You know, right? What what can uh, I what I, can I, I, I say? Like you yes. you gave some major leaps of faith out there. I right? did some radical I did. ones. Yes, but there are smaller ones. There too. are smaller ones. Yes, <clears throat> yeah, like this this podcast. Yes, yeah. like joining Broken Record Ministries to to reach out and help help everybody out. Absolutely, them are leaps of faith, and you know. And it's just not me that's doing it. There's several guys that's doing the same thing, you know. It's not just broken record ministry. It's just I'm not sure broken records. No, other I'm sure groups. there's. Yeah, absolutely. There's other people out there that's doing the exact same thing. The most phenomenal thing is is I'm 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 probably going to steal your thunder here a little bit, Carl, Uh-oh. because I'm going to talk about your sermon. All right. Um, yesterday, well, actually, we're going to back that up to about Friday. Somebody texted me and he's like, oh man, he just changed my sermon all up because he said I was prepared. I was ready. <laughs> we'll call that guy Steve. We'll call that guy Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'm like, yeah, he does that. I and We texted back and forth for a minute and I'm like, you know, all you got to do is just trust in God and he'll take care of it. The thing is, is God laid on Carl's heart yesterday what he needed to to convey to the people that was sitting in that church. For the simple fact is, it was almost the same message that was being conveyed in other churches around town. Yeah. You know, that's the phenomenal thing about yeah. God is because he will he will absolutely take his word and even though them people aren't all sitting in one in one building it's going to magnify and it's all going to get the same meaning. It's all going to mean the same thing because that's what God wanted people to hear yeah. that day. Yep. And for the techies out there, that's called synchronization. Like yes. Syncing your phones. There you up. go. I don't know. I'll add another element to that. It was so cool today. I, I posted on Facebook and I didn't add any context of where it came from, but I said, when your truth lies in the grace that you've made, your truth lies, which is something that I said in that sermon. Mm-hmm. And you guys know that I ended with the illustration with the coin that I linked to the talents, right? Some guy that lives nowhere around here, that, that sermon obviously wasn't recorded. It didn't go up. So the only ones that heard it were those of you that were in the church with me. And I didn't share anything about it publicly. And the, his, his comment, he came back and he's like, you know, I think I've done that to myself a lot. Sometimes I wonder how often it is I take the talent he gives me and bury it. In the context of that statement I made. And I'm like, wow. And then I shared with him why that was so impactful. And he was like, it's amazing how often the spirit synchronizes yes, this like that. Absolutely. He didn't use that word, but same, right, yeah. same thing. Same thing. That. Yes. I mean, that that's just the way God works. And, you know, the thing is, is if, if the people that's conveying the messages are tuned into God, they're going to, they're going to all, they're all going to say it may not, it may not all come out the same as far as word wise, but it's all got the same meaning. Yep. Before I go to Ron, you brought that up, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's synchronized throughout the town. Yeah. Just think 2,000 years ago, people were spreading the same message across language barriers. Yes. 
it's kind of like the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody was had their own personal relationship and in sync, I guess. And no phones. And no phones. phones. (laughs) No nothing. Yeah, they're uh, carrier pigeons. Yeah, I was going to say their social media was (laughs) carrier pigeons or a stone that they had to throw. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Ronzo? You got any leaps of faith? Uh, obviously, two years ago, well, come this April, me and my wife will be with Redeemer for two years. That was a big leap for me, going back to church. I didn't know if I was ready for it or if I wanted to do it. You know, getting baptized was another leap. Didn't know if I was ready for it. You know, on top of the that kind of faith stuff, I've been, my faith has been tested hard the last year and a half with Karen's dad passing, our son passing, you know. So, you know, it's uh, it's out there and it's rough. But, uh, yeah, I, here in the podcast, like Bob was saying, you asked me to do that. Didn't feel like I could. Didn't feel like I belonged. So that was another leap for me. You know, y'all test or y'all. I asked you to challenge me with writing a sermon thing. For me, that's another leap because I'm not that kind of person. Uh, I do like to help, but I, you know, when it comes to the advice size of the Bible, I'm leery about giving it. Because I don't want to give the wrong advice. I don't want to give people like the the wrong version of what the wrong message. Yes, and unless I know it for a fact, I try not to say anything. So, but yeah, in the last two years, my faith, so called, whether it be a leap or a test. It's been pretty pretty heavy the last two years. So, but, yeah, that's about it for me, really. <laughs> you, I, uh, you say that every episode. I know, you didn't, I know. You it didn't. may, something else may pop in my head, but I, uh. I, I just, I know something that you, that you took a leap of faith on. You ain't even talking about it. If you're talking about this, I just said so. Did you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I, last Last podcast, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When everybody left, I asked Ronnie to give me a challenge to write one to see if I could do it. Took me, what, a week? Oh. Yeah, took me a week. I, don't I tried it twice, and I gave up. I just, I was wasting paper, so I just threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do that so, a lot, trust me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got frustrated. I gave it up. I was like, nope, I can't do it. And then I did a little something different, and I liked it, but I didn't bring it tonight for y'all. But uh, So you brought the one you didn't like. I brought the one I didn't like. He didn't bring the good one. (laughs) I brought- Keep that close to his vest. I brought a different one tonight that I did Sunday after Carl's and Ronnie's and- Three sermons, I go home and I sit at my table and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. So evidently that was a leap for me, putting my feelings on paper, or a lot of it, 
And uh, cause I and then on top of letting you all read it, that's another leap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I didn't know if I was going to bring it. And then one of us become a critic. Brownie, one out of three. One out of the bully, right? One out of three ain't bad. Carl probably has stuff to say too. Probably probably didn't want to discourage me. I don't want to discourage you. I want to. I want to encourage you. So, so does that mean the next leap of faith will be to do it in front of people? <sighs> Is that a correct? <laughs> that's, that's that's probably down the down the way road, down the road. <laughs> probably we'll see how you do first. I bet it ain't far. <laughs> hey, I bet it's not as far down the road as you think. Well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Ask see. Him. Tell him, Ronnie. Tell him. Never say never. Never say never. Mm-hmm. I always told Ronnie when we started, when I started hanging out with him, and that he he was going to end up preaching. Maybe it's because you hung out with one. Maybe. There's ah. right. There's where I messed up. Because <laughs> now I'm around three of them. <laughs> <laughs> So God might be telling you something, huh? I ain't there yet. No, I don't. I don't have a problem going. Me? Oh yeah, you are. I don't have a problem going up and talking to somebody one on one about what's going on with their life and you know what I see from the outside looking in. But to sit to stand in front of somebody, I would definitely have to have all my eyes dotted and my T's crossed to make sure that I don't come across wrong. And say the wrong message or offend somebody in some way. Oh, that's not you offending, brother. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if you say something and their toes get stepped on, that's the Holy Spirit. I guarantee it. And also, who says talking one-on-one isn't preaching? Right. Uh, and and I get that, but... Tradition, the traditional Webster's Dictionary? One-on-one's a little easier for me. Well, maybe you're a one-on-one. Well, you can do. You can still do one-on-one, even standing behind that pulpit. All you got to do is focus on one person and talk to them. Right. Everybody else is just listening to what yeah. you say. And then after the sermon, they'll come to me. I don't know. Are you directing that at me? I had some. I had some yep. hard eyes on yep. me yesterday. <laughs> I did look at you a lot. You did. Yeah. But I told you to. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm at. On the faith thing, and and something else may pop up, but like I said, the podcast going back to church, there's little putting things. all that putting all the trust back into God instead of myself because I was always always relied on myself to get it done. If something had to be done, I had to do it. If somebody in my family had to have something done, and I didn't feel they could get it done right. I took it upon myself to do it, <laughs> even though they thought they were right, they were wrong. That sounds like Ron a said control so. issue to me. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like an upcoming episode yep. to me. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. Ron episode. said so. <laughs> but you did other things too. I I know you don't like tooting your own horn, but like just going out on a limb and helping people, giving people vehicles the. That's get, not that's not me. That was a different Ron Williams, I guess. No, that's God. I know, but I'm saying like you're. But he used you're Ron saying Williams yes. to do it. You're saying yes to that. A lot other people 
And I'm a, I'm one of those other people, right? It's like, hey, you got three of those. Why don't you give somebody else one? Uh, no, I like having three of those. Mm-hmm. I need all three of them. Yeah. Whether they just sit there or not, I need all three of them. You know, and I'm not just talking about that. We talk about anything. So we Whatever about, it is. Yeah. Somebody, this is where where my heart's at with like the leap of faith concept too. It kind of applies to what you just said. You know, you're 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 giving those things. Those are big things you do to help people. But your view is it's just God. Absolutely, I do that because He leads me to. Mm-hmm. I think it's a perspective issue. I think perhaps maybe Bob, the reason you don't see that you've made leaps of faith recently is because you don't view it as leaps of faith anymore. You just view it as walking with God. And I and think the ultimate goal is to get to a place where. We view our service to him as just a walk along a path as opposed to a leap over a chasm. Because I think, I think when we think of our faith as a leap, that's our lack of trust, as if it was possible that he could let us fall. So he lets us see that he won't let us fall, that he had it all along, so that we get beyond that mindset of leap of faith right. into just the mindset of a walk with him. Because mm-hmm. the closer you are, in, at, the, closer, the more closely aligned with his will, you are the more you just see it as I'm just walking beside him. Yes. That's all I'm doing. I'm just I'm just doing as I'm directed and as I'm led and as I'm told. It's not a leap anymore. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just a it's just a stroll with him now. Yeah. You're just jump. You're just jumping rope. <clears throat> yeah. Instead of doing the double dutch. Yes. It's the everyday yeah. routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's then that's what he wants is that everyday routine with us walking beside him. You know. That's exactly what, because that, that comes back down to the, the personal relationship with him. You know, we got to have it, period. I don't care what you say or what them mainstream preachers say or whoever says, you got to have that personal relationship. Yes. You have to have it. You have to have it. Yes, you yourself. And I'm I talking. I can't have it for you. Nope, nope. Individual personal relationship with our creator. Yeah. That is a must. I can't stress that near enough. Agreed. What about you? What about me? What about me? (laughs) Where's Waldo? Where's some examples? (laughs) Give me some examples. I know you got some. I think the Bible's open. And and I know. I wanted to look at, but I mean, there's a lot of times that, yeah, I had that perspective of, you know, I might fall if he doesn't catch me mentality. I really think I said to a friend recently, belief, how do I say it? Belief is just an idea until you do something about it. Mm-hmm. You have to act upon it at some point. Like that's the ultimate leap of faith in the, in the beginning is, is moving beyond the perspective that God's just an idea. Yeah. Right. That he's very real and very active and he does things that are very much unexplainable from the natural. And that you, you're, you're not only willing to follow him, but to believe in what he's doing and to, to choose to be awestruck by him, because that is a choice. Yes. That's something that's going to bite some people listening, but it's, it's, a, it's a fact. Your choice to be awestruck by him has nothing to do with your emotions. You choose that. And at some point, you have to bring your belief to a place where you choose to be awestruck by him and to praise him for the things he's doing and to be a faithful witness to that. 
because that's what that's where that ultimate the beginning leap of faith should lead you to the place where you're a faithful witness. Yes. And, you know, the the to me, being awestruck by him all the time means you you yearn for his love every day. Absolutely. You know, if because if you don't yearn for that love, I mean, and that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to yearn for his love. He wants us to take his attributes on. He wants us to take his heart, his mind, not ours, his. You know, that's kind of like when people ask me to do stuff or when Bob asked me to help him on the car. My thought was, do I really want to do this? Mm-hmm. That was my thought. But then I also thought, well, here's the deal. If, if I wasn't supposed to do it, God wouldn't have had Bob ask me to do it. So with him, with Bob asking me, for me, it was like God was telling me or asking me to help a fellow brother get something done. And when somebody calls me on the phone, I think the same thing. Hey, can well, Sydney called me this morning. Said she had a flat tire. Can you help me? In my car. In your car. <laughs> she did pay for it. You know, and I could fifteen dollars, Ronnie. And I could have said, <laughs> I don't have time. But with her reaching out to me, it was like it's like when people reach out for my help, it's like God sending them to me, knowing I'm gonna go to help them. Because they're already some of them are already reaching out of their comfort zone to even ask for that help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Big time. Right. So yeah, that alone's a leap of faith for, for a lot of people. Yeah. For most of us. And and that's that's how I view it. So that I you know, that way it's not for me. You know, they get the help they need, but at the same token it's like it's like God's asking me to go help his child. Mm-hmm. And for for me to say no to that would be like, it'd make me feel like I'm disobeying my father. Yeah. And that's exactly why I'm doing the car that we're doing the motor in is because, because I do, I do not, I absolutely do that at my shop. You know, I'm just doing it because he was a fellow brother that needed it done and no, he couldn't get anybody to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait a minute. Was a fellow brother? No, is. Or is. I said is. Oh, I thought he said was. Check tape. Check tape. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I view it. And, you know, it used to cause a lot of controversy in my house, you know, before Christ, that people would call me all the time, and my wife would think they were just taking advantage of me because they knew if they called me, I would go. It's just plain simple of it. I did. But then I always thought, well, here's the deal. If I don't go, the one time I need help, I can't get it. Well, the bad thing about it was I never got it. I mean, every time I call somebody, they're out of town or they're busy or they're doing this or doing that. But then I'd be dang the next day. They call me, hey, can you help me? And I could be in the middle of doing something. And I would just stop and I would go and that would just cause a little bit of anxiety in the house because my wife would be like, why are you allowing that to happen? But now that I look back on it, I don't believe it was me. I believe it was God saying, hey, look, you need to go. 
So I go. You call, I go. You ask me to do, I will do to the best of my ability. And if I can't, I will find you somebody that can help. <laughs> but I just, I just don't. Just like John 2, 5, right? What's that one say? Just his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Oh. Just do whatever he tells you. And that's, I mean, that's just what I do. <clears throat> just do it. Yeah, that's right. Just right? do it. It we can't get done unless somebody takes the initiative to go forward. Just do it. Does it got the check mark it on it, too? Yeah, we should put that on bumper stickers. And uh, Never mind. It probably won't ever be a market genius. It'll fail. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so. that somebody's probably already done it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but did they do it the right way? Did they do it the wrong way? Hey, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't think I, I, I try not to, uh, I try not to make it sound like it's the wrong way anymore. Now there was a time where people kept asking me, kept asking me for my opinion, and I'd give it, and they would mess up or do this and do that, and then they, they just keep calling me on the same thing, and I'm like, okay, here's the deal. This is last time. You've called me on this five times, and your way does not work. If you want my help this time, it will be done my way, or stop calling me. You know, because you can only go so much. Right. Yeah. You know, but then that's when they stop calling me (laughs) because they don't want to hear it. Right. And I'm like, fine, I don't have to deal with it. I think Ron should market them T-shirts because that one he had on Sunday was very cool. I liked it. Even Carl didn't get mm-hmm. it at first. No, I didn't at first. Melissa didn't get it either at yeah. first. You have to read between the lines sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes. Ron goes, what's this T-shirt mean? Pick up your cross and follow him. That's exactly what it meant. But I, the, the the best part about it is is the, the feet print he's got underneath in blood. Ah, that just that is so cool. I like it. And for the... Listeners, yeah, it has a picture of Jesus carrying Carrying, the cross, yes, so it actually doesn't say the cross, right? It just says pick up and follow follow him, right? Mm -hmm. But he's carrying his cross, and we are told to carry our cross to pick up our cross and follow him. So I made it to where you had to read between the lines, and it's amazing how many people miss it and people that go to church, even you know, because they'll read it and be like. I know how to read. I know what I'm reading. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I I understand, <laughs> but you're missing the big picture, and it's big, right in the it's center. Big, great big, big picture, right in the center. I was like, just read between the lines, and then when they finally get it, it's like, oh, I don't know why I didn't see that. You can read, but can you perceive? That's it. So it's like we're we're the thing is, is sometimes we read so quick we can't perceive it exactly right. and that's and that's how people will approach the Bible sometimes you know that that reading the Bible in a year I, I've never done that I, and I can't bring myself to do it for the simple fact is is if you read that Bible in a year did you really get anything out of it or did you just read it like a novel mm-hmm. right you know, or did you just read it to put that check to put that check that, in that box that yeah you know when when you <clears throat> sit down and read the Bible. And you truly sit and read it, and you could spend days on one chapter if you really read it like you should. Or, the Bible is just so verses, or yeah, or verses, yeah. But it's so full of yeah. knowledge, it's unreal. Because I just did this sermon thing you're talking about, and all I did was read Matthew chapter five, and 
I read it. I had to read it again. And every time I read it, I got something different every time. So it took me in a different, took me in a different way every time I read, you know, different verses. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, you could read it a thousand times and still get something different out of it. That's because it's living. That's why it's a, it's alive. Right. As long as you apply your life to that Bible, Mm -hmm. that Bible will never grow old. No. It'll have a new story every time. Something different, but always in agreement with what exactly. it's saying. Exactly. Yes. But, you know, I know that's not what you mean, but just for those listening, yeah. it doesn't mean that it changes its its intended right. meaning. Um, no, because it's not up for interpretation. No. It means what it means, it but means what it, it means. applies to you in that moment. And that's that's what the goal should be. You should be approaching his word. You know, you should be seeking to understand and apply. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Not just reading for the sake of reading, but for seeking to understand what his message is. And yeah, and that's you and that's one way. It. That's one way you can step out on a leap of faith mm-hmm. is by trusting in what God's got to say in that Bible. Yeah. Well, that's like if you're on Highway Marker Five and you read Matthew Five, right? So you're barely on your journey at that point. You mm-hmm. barely hit the highway. And then you go back at mile marker 25 and read Matthew 25 or Matthew 5 again. The meaning's still going to be the same, but where you're at, whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that actually kind of applies to the example that I kind of wanted to look at a little bit. It's in John chapter 3, and it's Nicodemus. And I have a different view of him. It, it seems like the the prevailing popular view is to take a very negative, borderline condescending view of Nicodemus. And I don't think based upon what we're told in the text, that's fair. Um, like it, I've I read a devotion not long ago. I won't say who wrote it, but it was one of the most condescending things I've ever read about somebody. And it was about Nicodemus. And I've got to say, those laws against slander apply to those that are dead, too. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. because somebody's long dead doesn't give us an excuse to talk ill of them. But. When we find Nicodemus in chapter three, there it's after it's after Jesus has turned over the the tables in the temple, which you mentioned last night, Bob. Right. That's why I found it so cool that he brought me to this. But he seeks out Jesus at night, and usually we we say he did that because he was hiding. I don't think that's a fair assumption. It is an assumption because that's not what we're told. I think it's very possible, given the conversation that Nicodemus went at night, because it was the only time he could have an intimate conversation with Jesus to get the answers he was seeking because he was seeking to understand. It's yeah. very clear in the text he was seeking to understand, and you couldn't do that if he was surrounded by other Pharisees that had a negative view or, or crowds, crowds of sick people yeah. that were pressing in on him. He, he needed to have a conversation. So I think that's why he went at night. And then you have him talk back and forth, and, and Jesus has this very pleasant, loving, intimate conversation with Nicodemus. And we forget, too, that Jesus reveals some of the most important truths that we find in Scripture to Nicodemus. That's where we have the, the, the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that we, we quote repeatedly. Mm-hmm. He said that to Nicodemus at night by themselves. Yeah. So Jesus clearly loved Nicodemus too, right? And I think we kind of mock him for not fully understanding what Jesus was saying, but nobody did. Right? Jesus was talking in riddles and parables for a reason because he was talking about things that wouldn't become clear until later. Even to his disciples, his disciples didn't understand either. Right. right. So from that from that context, if we're told you have to be born again, if we were in that context too, we have the privilege of being on the other side of the cross with with all of the all of the revealed text to explain to us what that means. Nicodemus didn't have that. 
And if we didn't have that either, we'd be like, what does that even mean? <laughs> right. How can I be born again? That doesn't make sense. We would have said the same thing Nicodemus said. Right. Where I find it interesting, though, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Bob. I'm no, sorry. I'm, I just got, I was going to add to what you go got, ahead. But go ahead. No, you go ahead first. Well, if you'll remember right, um, Tuesday, last Tuesday Bible study that we was doing, mm-hmm. Michael was there. If you remember what he said, that Jesus, Jesus taught in parables because he said what he said to the people. He was teaching the people, but he wanted to tweak the interest of the ones he really wanted to teach. Yeah, I forgot about that. Which was the disciples. Yep. You know, so Jesus would talk them parables, but yet, I mean, it, it was for correction and, and learning of the crowd. He would sp- speak it in broad terms. And then he was reading the room. He was reading the room. Mm-hmm. And then the disciples afterwards would be like, hey, what did you really mean by that? So yeah. that's when he got down to the meat and potatoes with his disciples to teach them up to be able to carry on after he was gone. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd forgotten about that. Now that you remind me of that, he, uh, Micah had said, and I believe he's right, that, that the way he, the way Jesus talked, it drew the true seekers. Yes. And that's exactly what you see with Nicodemus here. Exactly. He's, he's drawn away from the Pharisaic crowd as a true seeker at night, not because Nicodemus was a coward, but because Nicodemus wanted answers. Right. Because well, he believed. This is what I think about Nicodemus. And this is just Bob. Wait a minute. I need to... Understood. Nicodemus was one of the uh, Pharisees. Okay, he was a chief. He was a he high was a priest, priest yes. wasn't he, or something? Uh, he, was, he wasn't a high priest, no, but he, he was, was a, a very chief. high, high, well-respected yes. leader. Okay, okay. I wanted to make sure I had the right, right. guy. But my my thinking in Nicodemus is is he believed in Jesus, he believed who Jesus was, but God had put him in the position that he was in, so God could use him. To further Jesus, if if you kind of understand mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, yeah. Because you know? at this point, he doesn't fully understand, but nobody really did. Right. At this point, even the disciples don't fully understand. But we have to remember, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little, but that's fine. If 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 the negative view of Nicodemus was true, we wouldn't have Nicodemus going up to the cross with Joseph of Arimathea and bringing the body out to bury him like a friend. Exactly. You do that for somebody you dearly, deeply love, and Nicodemus stood to lose everything for doing that. He yes. stood against everything that he was supposed to believe. All the, the crowd that he was surrounded by stood against all of them, and I suspect that he did lose everything for doing that. He was very conflicted. I don't think so. I, well, no, I, I don't. I, mean, I don't think he was. I, he, the way I saw it, he, oh, I'm sorry. The way I saw him was, you know, he really wanted to be with Jesus, but yet it was like he was scared because of his position of how he would have been judged had he went along with everybody else. I think I it's possible we don't know that from the text. I think... I think it's it's really the flip side of that. I think he wanted to stay in that position to try to further Jesus. See what I'm saying? Because being the high, one of the high high Pharisees, you know, he had some he had some power. He had some gout. You know, know he but did a lot power. of sneaking around, like you said. Exactly, but I don't think he was sneaking. I don't. Around. Yeah, I don't. I don't no. either. I think he was just, you know, like Carl said, he'd have to get a hold of Jesus at night because during the day he'd have he'd have crowds around him or he'd have the other Pharisees who was hating on him around, you know? So do I think Nicodemus would have talked to Jesus in the daytime if he really could have? I think he would have. I really do. But he was took that, him down from the cross in broad daylight. Exactly. He took him down from the cross. But was that God's plan at that time? No, it was not. Mm-hmm. 
And I think Nicodemus was actually following what God wanted him to do, which was to stay in that high position that he was in to be able to further, if you kind of understand what I'm saying, to further Jesus along. I think think there's more reason to believe the other Pharisees that were enemies of Jesus were the ones sneaking around. Yes. Later when Jesus is on trial, they do a trial at night, which is against the law. It's against the law to do that. And I believe the reason they did that is because they needed to rabble rouse the other Pharisees that showed up. I think they did it in secret. It's very actually, it's pretty clear in the text that they did do it in secret. I believe this is me talking. I believe that the Nicodemus faction is the reason they were sneaking around at Mm -hmm. night because Nicodemus and his faction would have opposed crucifying him. Yes. I believe, I believe they're the ones that were sneaking around for the reason of what you see with Nicodemus here. So when Nicodemus comes to him in John chapter three, so I'll connect this to leap of faith in a minute. I apologize, Ronnie. No, you're fine. I'm not trying to get us off track. Hey, we're not off track. <laughs> it's, it's every episode. Fair right? enough. Nicodemus says to Jesus, first thing he says, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus proclaims faith. We know that you came from God. And this tells us two things. It tells us Nicodemus knew, based upon, by the way, the miracles that Jesus was performing. He recognized the miracles, and he chose to be awestruck by the miracles that Jesus was doing and to be drawn to Jesus for it. What's chilling here, though, is he says, we. That tells me he's talking about the other Pharisees, the ones that ultimately condemned Jesus. I believe they knew, too, Mm -hmm. which is pretty terrifying for them. But Nicodemus at this point is saying, we know. So I know. And then he goes on to question him. And then Jesus has this interaction. But this is where I find it a little, little frightening for us. So he takes this leap of faith. This was a leap of faith for Nicodemus. And he proclaims belief. But then Jesus tells him later, he's talking about those who reject him. And I believe it's in the same context of those who see the signs, they see the miracles, but they choose to stand afar off and reject it. And he says, why? why it is that they have the natural propensity to reject the miraculous and stand afar off from the signs and not not be drawn to Jesus, even though they believe in him. He says later in the chapter in the same interaction, I'm going to read from verse 18, he who believes in him, meaning me, is not not me, Jesus, meaning from his perspective. Yeah, goodness, I said that wrong. (laughs) Meaning Jesus. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light. And this is, he gives the explanation, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. I think the reason sometimes we recoil at the miraculous because it's easy to believe in God as an idea. It's really easy to proclaim God as an idea, but then when we see him manifest in a very real way, then you're presented with him as an actual person, as a very real, high, holy creator of the universe. And then you have to come face to face, not only with that reality that he's very real and what we're told about him is very true. We come face to face with the fact that we have darkness in our hearts that we've refused to let go of. And his light will bring that darkness into the public view. And I think there's a danger that we want to hold on to our personal darkness more so than we want to reach out for his manifest light. And I think that's the danger that Jesus is, is, is cautioning Nicodemus with here, that we have to get to a place where we have to, we, we, we we're willing to make that initial leap of faith 
to let go of the darkness in our heart and reach out to his light and trust in his mercy. And then that leap of faith can turn into an ongoing walk with him. You got to have the black and white. You yes. can't be in the gray. Exactly right. Exactly Which right. Nicodemus later does mm-hmm. yes. as he takes him off the cross and helps the, with the land. Yep. Yeah, he will always force us to come face to face with the things that aren't clean. Yep. Mm-hmm. He will. And that's when we come to that decision point where we have to decide what are we going to hold on to? What are we going to reach out to? We got anything else? I don't think so. I, I think we pretty much said most of it. We're going to pull the needle off the proverbial record then. Final thoughts. We don't have a real record in here? It's just proverbial? Yeah. We, we should will. get a real one. We will. Okay. We need to get a record player and just... I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. And this is something I I had read somewhere, so it's not really my... Th- well, it is, but it isn't. But it will all work itself out in the end. You must keep your faith in yourself and leave the rest up to God. Not bad. Well, um, it's probably off topic just a little bit, but good enough. I was told it's never off topic. It's never off topic. I think that uh, for me, if, uh, if you come to the proverbial glass bridge, and it's so clean and clear that it just looks like a piece of sky standing underneath you. You know, that's that's where that's where God's like, step out on me because I may be clean and clear, but I'm strong enough to hold you. You know, just just take that first step. And once you take that first step of faith, the proverbial leap of faith, God'll carry you the rest of the way. Karma. Your final thought reminded me of Indiana Jones. <laughs> My mind went to the same place. I'm glad I'm not the only one. A leap of God. A leap of God. A leap of faith. <laughs> well, what's so cool about that scene and how it applies is there was never any danger of falling. Mm-mm. It was right. just, it was, it, it, the bridge was there and it was solid. You just couldn't see it. Right. Because right. in that scene, if you remember, he takes a handful of sand and throws it out. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. sand, I mean, the sand doesn't fall either. There was right. never a danger of falling. And that's the way it is with us. When we make that that so-called leap of faith, he was never gonna he was never gonna drop us. No, we were never gonna fall outside of his will. It's not possible. Nope. It's just it's that, a perspective it's that issue. Test. It's that test of will to to put yourself out there and to take that step instead of the step back. Take that step forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carl. I think all I have this week is just there's a difference between having faith in God and being faithful to him. And those things have to work together. I think too often we just have faith in, meaning we believe in the things that he's capable of. We have we have an intellectual knowledge of what he's capable of doing, but we're not faithful to that. You know, the, the faithfulness to that is walking that faith in him out. You know, if you if if you're a spouse, to have faith in your spouse is not the same thing as having faithfulness to them. Mm-hmm. 
right? Having faith in is, is knowing what they're personally capable of and believing that they'll be true to their vows. Yes. Being faithful to your spouse is being true to the vows for them, toward them, and walking alongside them. So that needs to work in tandem. We have to have faith in God and be faithful to him at the same time. And then you'd never have fear of falling. Exactly, because they go hand in hand. That's why that relationship you mentioned earlier, Bob, is so important. It is. We've got to, we've got to drop this religious attitude about him and have a, a marital covenant faithfulness mindset yes. about him, because it's those are two very different things. Yes. Man, I had something I was going to say, and I lost it. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. I didn't want to interrupt you either. Next time, interrupt. Uh, man, I lost it. Can't remember what it was. It's almost like. Now let's oh. see if I can spark. I said faith in, faithfulness to. Difference between having faith in. No, it was uh, <laughs> something about to think that leap. Something about that leap that you were talking about. You know, if if you're if you're questioning it, is what I was thinking. I was like, well, if you're questioning whether you should do it or not. Are you questioning the actual situation or the faith that he can get you through it? But I think most of the time we, we question the visible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the we can see, part of it. the tangible part, what we can see, not what God says to be true and we can't see. Mm-hmm. That's actually what faith is. It's, it's for things hoped for, not seen. Yep. I don't have anything. That's profound. a lot of final thoughts, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything profound this week either. Really, it's just. I think if you're on that jump rope, and you're jumping and it's easy, like you're being stale and comfortable. Right. If something is put out in front of you, and you feel, and you feel like you don't know if you can or can't do it. There's where that leap of faith comes in. Mm-hmm. And what's it going to hurt you to just put yourself out there and take it? Yeah. What What is it absolutely going to hurt you to put yourself in that vulnerable spot to take that leap of faith? Mm-hmm. Even if it brings you back a little bit, there's nowhere else to go but forward. Mm-hmm. There you go. That was all wrong. That was all wrong. <laughs> and with that, Bob, would you pray us out? Absolutely. Most gracious Heavenly Father, oh, Father, we just uh, we just stand before you humbled, Father. Father, we stand before you to ask, Father, that uh, just allow us to take that first leap of faith so, Father, we can just grab your hand and walk beside you for the rest of our lives. And Father, we know that uh, that people call them leaps of faith, but we just call them your guidance because we know that's actually what it is. Father, you just uh, you guide us, you direct us, and Father, you love us and you correct the ones that you love. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the correction that you've done in my life, Father. I just uh, I just pray that if there's somebody out there that's uh, that's standing at that big uh, valley and trying to leap to the other side, Father, you just allow them to understand that uh, there's a bridge there, and that bridge is you, just to be able to walk over, walk on it, and allow you to guide and direct them. Father, we just thank you and praise you, 
And I give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And until next time. Welcome to Michael's ministry. Catch you on the flip side.